The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We seem to be having some router or Wi-Fi problems, and so hopefully everybody can hear us. And um, if you're in the chat room, please say something to let us know. Let me say hi. First, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell, and then we'll say hi to the chat room. Uh, hi, everybody. I hope we're working today. I hope we are, too, because we have great stars. I love the guests we have. So we got a, a bunch of cool people in the uh, chat room. We want to say hi to Eileen Shapiro. Um, we want to say hi to Dave Hughes from Stars Now UK. Anton, Country Super from Australia. We have Backpack John. We have Cindy Lady Lake. We have Jane Doe, who is Angela Joseph. Um, Michaela just joined us in the chat room. Everything seems <laughs> to be good. Everybody says they can hear us. We got a great show for you guys today. Good, good. Let's get on with the we show. We have Pia Zadora coming on and Robert Wool. And uh, they're both like really, really big, big, big people. We're going to have a great time with both of them. Um, before that, uh, we'll let Ron tell you about what he's been doing and uh, see well, what's going first, on. First off is all over my Facebook page is this cure for diabetes. Now, they have Patty LaBelle saying that she has been cured after two weeks. They have the other black girl. What's her name? The beautiful one. Patty no, the beautiful girl, the young one, the, the, Leslie's pageant. I can't. Oh, Halle Berry. Halle Berry is saying it. So many movie stars are coming forward and saying it. My feelings are that this company may be using them illegally. In other words, posting their pictures, and then by the time they get sued to pull it down, people have bought millions of the product. So I'm not certain that this product really works. So any of you out there who have used this product, please. Let us know so we can inform the rest of the world that it's a hoax or that it really works. Supposedly, this product can dissolve the fat around the pancreas, allowing the insulin to flow again as it did before you became ill with diabetes. It sounds like a real dream come true if it is. And of course, Dr. Oz is promoting it. So they say he's being sued by the pharmaceutical companies because they're going to lose fortunes of money on insulin and medication if this product really does work. So please let me know if this product works. Have you used it? This product really does work. 
<laughs> oh, I hear my echo. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That's what I sound like. I sound like crap. I hate my voice. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a deep voice like this. Anyway, that's the news about that product. Um, Hollywood, the TV series. Oh, Gross. you guys, we watched it. Gross. We watched the whole thing. I the, loved the, it. The greatest mistake in the world. Rock Hudson never had a black lover. Rock Hudson never went to the Oscars with his lover. And Rock Hudson never came out, ever. Rock Hudson was found out when he went to Paris to get medical attention for HIV. The media caught it, and they said, Rock Hudson is gay. Rock Hudson was spinning. He never wanted anyone to know he was gay. I met Rock a few times, and he never even indicated to me that he was gay, knowing that I was gay. He kept it very, very private. As far as the black woman jumping off the sign, the Hollywood sign, bullshit. She was a blonde, crazy lady, actress, as white as milk, and she jumped off the sign. So they got the old stuff, and they tried to make it new with being politically correct to the point of puking. No, it wasn't. It said this is a possible way things I could know have that, been. But it was so obvious. The right, you know, let's, you know, years ago, I used to say some of my best friends are Jewish and people would get offended. Or if you say, well, I have all the black friends, they got offended. And that's the same thing with this political correctness. It's shoving it down our throat that there are Asians, gays, blacks, white, dykes, uh, everybody in the world. We're not stupid. We know they're there. And we will see minority in one film pushing their goodies. It becomes political, no longer entertaining. So that's my feelings. Um, it was a crappy movie, vulgar to the point of disgust. I'm gay, and I didn't like when William said to Rock Hudson, drop your pants, I want to suck your cock dry. I mean, that's not necessary. We don't need to hear that kind of crap. I don't even need to say it on this show. But anyway, it was said. And then, of course, the other guy was saying to his wife, oh, I can't eat that. I'll shit the bed. I mean, things like that are just coarse, gross and disgusting. And I don't really appreciate them when I'm watching entertainment, as they call it. But that's entertainment. If it's filthy, shocking and vulgar, it disgusts people. And we were top 100. So there you go. You see what I'm saying is the truth. Anyway, I finished my garden barbecue. It's on Facebook if you want to see what it looks like. It was a big build, you know, cinder block, stucco, cement, work, bing, bang, boom. I did a pass through from my kitchen out to the patio so we could slide food out the window rather than carry it around through the doors to get to the patio. So it's starting to look good. You know, now that I'm incarcerated and I can't get out, I'm waiting to be paroled. Uh, I'm working like a prisoner. I'm, you know, lifting cement blocks and cement. Not to go crazy. Today, I have this show, so I'm happy to be working, even if it's two hours a week, once a week. But anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, Robert and Pia, because uh, Pia, I saw her perform, and she was really very good. And Robert, I have a special, special love for him, and I'll tell you about it. It's hilariously funny when uh, he comes on the show. So, Jimmy, take it away. So what? We also want to welcome Teresa Sabin jumped on and joined us in the uh, chat room. And uh, we're going to really have a good show for you guys today. Our guest is already, like, here, so I think we're just going to bring her in early and uh, let her come in so we get more time with her. Um, so I think that uh, uh, you can go ahead and, like, join her to the conversation, please, Rebel. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Hi. I Hi. I really like your shirt, Ron. That is cool. Is that Robert Graham? I, I can't. No, it's not, but it looks like it. I cannot get over what you look like. Oh, wow. Are you shitting me or what? Did you have your face cast in cement or something 30, 40 years ago? 
husband you look ex I saw you in Vegas about 3,000 years ago and you look the same now as you did 3,000 years ago you're so you're still a beauty yeah. and, you're, and you're still tiny you didn't get fat and horrible. It's hard. You know, I have three kids. <laughs> Look at you. You're adorable. Three big freaking kids. And hey, you know, you got to starve. You got to do Pilates. You got to do all that crap. And I just, I'm driven. I'm a driven woman. I'm not going to get fat or old. Me neither. I like it. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Hang I'll, on, hang I'll, on, hang on. I'll be 80 in a week and a half. 80 years old. Could you believe that shit? I made it to 80. I made it. I'm going to make it to 90 and 95. I guess, you know, people like us just have a, a joie de vivre, a want to live and energy. And certainly, you. I mean, I remember you uh, on TV and all over. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that went down with you. But as, as far as it goes for you as a performer, I never really knew much about you. You know, I was listening to what they were I saying. I want to introduce her. People don't know how she is. I want to introduce well, her for the show. I wait a second. I'm, this is like a come on. Then they'll they'll introduce her. Yeah. Everybody will want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So anyway, I saw you in Vegas. Don't ask me where. Maybe Caesars. I don't remember where. But you had more energy. You have a gorgeous voice. And you were dancing up a storm better than Ann Miller. So there you go. Introduce her. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Grammy nominee and Golden Globe winner, Pia Zadora. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm glad. I'm glad I finally got on this freaking thing. I, I had to like do 20 tests. I'm a techie. <laughs> I was on the other, what was it, like yesterday for like two hours trying to get on chance. Yes. Holy crap. And I was having a nervous breakdown, four PTs. It was just, it was too much. It was mind boggling. I have ATEC plus I'm ADD. Uh, well, you're fabulous, and everything is good, and now you and you look terrific. She looks fabulous. She doesn't look terrific. We have we have a chat room full of people um, from all different countries, so please just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Como esta? How are you all? Speaking any language, as long as we have a translator. Available. Do you know German? Do you know how, German? How cute she is. Well, German basically speaks, you know, they, they do English. But no, I know, but I have to get breakfast in Germany. I was there a lot. French, I had to learn French. We have we have a, a fan and person who helps promote the show. Her name is B. Claudia, and I don't see her in the chat room, but she did this big post on Facebook saying that you are like a national treasure and everybody like loves you so much. So please just say hi to B. Claudia. B. Claudia. Hi. She'll definitely be listening to the repeat if she's not doesn't jump in in a little bit. Um, now, for those of you who do not know Pia Isadora. Pia Zadora. Pia Zadora. <laughs> Can I, can I call you P? You know what? Still says, how do you, he does the Johnny Carson thing. And, uh, anyway. How do, you say, how do you say bathroom on an Italian cruise ship? How do you say bathroom on an Italian cruise ship? How do you say vacuum? On no, a, bathroom. Bathroom. Uh, uh, a bathroom on a cruise ship is la... Uh, he has the door he has a Dora. Anyway, let me let me fill people in. Let's go back to nineteen, maybe seventy-eight, nine, eighty. I don't remember. Eighty-five. A very, a very young girl. A, a very, hang on, a very young girl, very beautiful, full of energy. Came into the showbiz scene. Real. They all had jokes about her. She became the household 
nothing. To, nobody really thought that she had great talent. We froze, huh? There we go. We're back. Did you hear what I said, Priya? <laughs> they never thought that I had great talent. Great talent. They thought I sucked. I was Johnny Carson's answer to Rula Lanscott, for Christ's sake. I won the freaking Golden Globe, and everyone's like, Pia's a Pia, Pia. The film hadn't been released. I had a weird name, Pia's Adora, you know, the Italian group. And it was just like, who the hell is she? But I mean, it was the new star of the year award. It wasn't an acting award. And it was like a charisma effect award. And I guess I had the effect. And, you know, it just, but, but it put me in a strange position where I had to really fight my way back. I put my dukes up and I was Mrs. Rocky. And it was good. It was a good thing because I, I'm a fighter by nature and I love, you know, accomplishing stuff. So I got through that. Can you hear me? Yes. Then I, yes. then I did a few more crappy movies. Not that Butterfly was a crappy movie, but Lonely Lady was, um, it didn't, it wasn't released, it escaped. It was that bad. And uh, a couple more to try to get my bearings in film to prove that I was okay. Because I started when I was eight years old on Broadway. It's like everyone thought that I was just created by this Svengali in like three and a half seconds. I started when I was, I was youngest on Fiddler on the Roof. I was in Sound Music. I was in Henry Sweet Henry. Applause, Promises, Promises, did Industrials, did. Had a career as a child, you know, actress. So it's not that I started when I won the Golden Globe. It almost finished me. I mean, they're still trying to take it back bastards but i'm not letting them we can't hear i wonder if everybody else can hear when they are speaking i don't we know what can. we can do there's nothing we can do about the internet you're back pia we're having a little difficulty i don't know why we're having difficulty no, we haven't had it before you know we're using a new system we're using a new system now and sometimes it goes a little crazy no that's not the system that's it's not the system thing. but anyway so okay so you did all these movies uh um, first of all, first of all, we should tell people because a lot of the movies you did are a lot of fun classic movies. True Beverly Hills is a classic. Butterfly, I have to say, I've never seen Butterfly, but you won the Golden Globe for it. So hey, fuck it, it's It's a classic. You have Orson Welles, you have Stacy Keach, you have Edward Albert Jr., you even have Ed McMahon. I mean, that's we're not going to go there, but it really James <laughs> M. You really please. You need to watch this movie. It has, it, it was before its time. And it's based on incest, which is another reason I became controversial because I looked nine when I was 20. And I, you know, there was a very sexy bathtub scene with my father. And I was in love with my father. He was really ahead of its time. Oh, way ahead of its time. That's the movie, by the way, folks. But now, you know what's amazing is that so many people back then that thought you didn't have any talent and they thought they had a lot of talent, they're gone. And you're here. I think that says something, don't you? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think that. I mean, I just, I had a kind of a roller coaster career because I went in a lot of different areas, you know, the, the singing. The, you know, Frank Sinatra, the Grammy, I lost a Grammy to Tina Turner. And then Frank said, you need to sing the standards. Stop with that crap. And I'm like, crap? What crap? And for me, the standards was old fart music at that time. And I'm like, you want me to sing the man that got away? Fine, you're Frank Sinatra. Fuck it, I'll sing it. Well, I got standing ovations. I did. I traveled with him. He took me under his wing, taught me everything I knew. People say we had an affair, but I, there's no comment. 
And, <laughs> it, was, it was all good. He, he really put me where I am now, which is now at his place. I do the standards. I'm carrying the torch. I'm, I'm carrying it on for all the guys. I was the baby of the rap pack. Oh, wait, wait. Let's, let's bring that up, though, real quick. We'll go back to movies right. in a minute. How, so, how hang was... on, wait, wait. So you got to – because I want to, like, get some promotional in here for as we're talking. She, Be careful. She has a, grand, a brand new CD, you guys, that just came out called All or Nothing at All. It's all the standards. And I'm going to give a song list because Ron loves – one of these songs is one of Ron's favorite songs, um, which is Body and Soul. Oh, I sing that. That's, that's I've, I've sung that for forty five years. I was a stand up comic and drag. I impersonated Jane Russell, and that was one of my songs. That Jane and I, I knew Jane well, and she loved that song. So I used to sing it always for her. I so you guys, so you guys, the same, the CD's called All or Nothing at All. I streamed it all morning and all afternoon yesterday and all the morning today. It's got All or Nothing at All, Teach Me Tonight, Body and Soul, Witchcraft, which I love, Come Rain or Come Shine, Oh, good. The Best is Yet to Come, wow. Cry Me a River, Nice and Easy, and Tears Out to Try, which is the only you, one I didn't you, know. You picked every, every single thing. Every great song in the world is in there. Oh, my God. The good thing about this CD is not like PM Phil. It's not me belting out trying to prove that I'm, you know, Ethel Merman or anything like that. It's very low-key. It's very cool. It's very jazzy. I'm not trying at all. And there are, like, three, four, five pieces. You add a saxophone here. The next cocktail party, play it. You're going to like it. I absolutely will, and I haven't heard it yet. But I love everything that you're doing in that that album. Those songs are just the best songs in the world. And I know your voice. You have a voice. You don't bluff it. You have a high, clean, I call it a mic voice, clear and clean. Uh, Lainey Lainey Kazan sings that way with a clean, clear voice, and I like that. Most, most, oh, I love Lainey. She's a very good friend of mine. Like, Don't you love Lainey? She's the best. You know, Lainey, Lainey, Lainey turns 80 a couple of weeks after me. And because of this goddamn epidemic, I can't be with Lainey for her birthday. I wanted to take her to the deli in Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks for our 80th birthday. And I can't, and I'm upset because I love Lainey. Anyway, she's got a great voice, and so do you. I must tell you, everybody out there, this gal can sing. So if you really want to hear a true singer, not a phony, definitely get this album. I mean, what a fabulous album. You can album. stream it on your Spotify. I don't know how to do that. I know, but I'll stream it for you on yeah. your Spotify. No, as soon, as soon as we break out of this prison we're in, we're having an enormous cocktail party at our house, and I intend to play your album. I swear to it, I will. And I know all my guests, my guests are going to say, who is that? And I'll say, that's the no talent girl. Remember her? Piers Adora, you <laughs> schmucks. You know what? I might just come if you're going to do that. I'm Absolutely. Gonna... We you want to come to my that. party? It's celebrity packed. Everybody here is in the business. And you'll be, you'll be among all the biggies, believe me. You'll I love would it. love for you to come. I would love to be there. We're in Palm Springs. Where are you? Three and a half hours. I'm in Vegas. Like I love to drive. I'll be there. Well, you you know what? You could hitch a ride with uh, what's her face? Uh, my good friend. Who's her name? Finally, oh my God. Oh, Cece Peniston. Cece no, Pen- she doesn't live in Vegas. She lives in Arizona. Oh right, she lives in Arizona. <laughs> All right. Cece Peniston is coming. We have uh, oh so many soap opera stars, so many crazy people. We have yeah. a lot of fun. You have to come now. You you're obligated. I'm going. I have a girlfriend in Palm Desert. 
I can stay away with her. I love her. Oh, that's terrific. We would love to have you. So I want to go back. I know you're a fun crowd. The, We're music, no boring the music thing is fun, but I actually like some of the movies that you say are not so great. I'm actually friends with Michael Berryman, and we've had Craig Sheffer on our show uh, uh, for Voyage of the Rock Aliens. I'm a big horror guy. That's what I want. Never ending, never empty. I forgot the lyrics. Fill to the top. Real love. That's what I want. I love. I, I'm a huge horror movie fan, so I like love that. And then you have uh, the the big hit song "When the Rain Begins to Fall" with Jermaine Jackson, which everybody was. That. Since we said you were coming on the show, everybody was like talking about that. Then the, about that song. It's How was it doing that? Tell us a little bit about it. Wonderful song. Doing recording the song with Jermaine. We recorded in separate studios. Oh, okay. That's what the um, producer wanted. Jack White wanted. But then, of course, we toured the freaking world together and we sang in the pyramids of Egypt. And everyone thought that he was Michael Jackson and that my baby, who I'd just given birth to like three months, was his baby, was our baby. Your <laughs> love child, your love child. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because we had a big orchestra in the pyramids and we were singing in the big stage there. I was doing my stuff and he was going to do his stuff. And Vinnie Falcone, who was Frank's musical director, was there with us. And the orchestra couldn't do it. It just got messed up. And he said, he put on the tracks. And he says, Jermaine, sit there and pretend you're playing. <laughs> so he got on stage and pretended that he was playing the standards while I was singing it. And then it came on with Katie and they're like, oh, this is your baby. We traveled all over Europe together because we had the number one song in Europe. I mean, we won the International Duo of the Year Award at Needham, which we won over Michael Jackson and, and Mick Jagger. So we, Yay. and then our kids went to the same school together, preschool together, and we still, we're, we're like brother and sister. You know, he's a little shy and he's cute. And I have to like drag him out of his shell a little bit because I'm completely out there, but we're good. It was so much fun working with him because I just love him. So wait, how okay, was wait, Egypt? Wait, wait, how? Because Ron's really big into Egypt, and he watches ancient aliens and all that stuff. Like, how was Egypt? Well, I love the history of Egypt because I feel that I was once an Egyptian. I feel I like I came from Egypt in another life. Oh my God, Egypt is scary. You don't want it. The hotels are crazy, and it's like people die driving, and they just throw the bodies on the side of the road. They don't care. Oh my God! It's, like a, it's a ninth world country. It's scary, and it really. Really smells a little bit. All right, let's get away from let's get away let's get away from that. Now I ask questions. That we, hey, listen, Pia, Pia, I ask questions that most of, uh, of our guests are shocked by. So here's your shock question. So what was that big scandal about? You married the old guy with all the multi millions of dollars. What the hell was that all about? Two scandal. Two scandal. Okay. <laughs> What'd you say? Two scandal. <laughs> Really, they made such a big deal. P. Isadora married this hundred and eighty-year-old guy. Billions of dollars. Remember that book? No, she's, not, she's not Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> no, no, no. But remember that book? You remember that bullshit? Close, but no cigar. Close, but no cigar. What happened was, I told you I started on Broadway when I was a kid, and I was going with my agent Arthur Miller, a manager at the time. I was like 17. I was going to, in the Screen Gems building, to audition for To Kill Mockingbird. And I auditioned, and then on the way down, he said, 
I got to stop and see my friend. You know, he's a big, you know, guy with UJA and he's my good friend. So we, let's just stop here. So we stopped on his floor. I waited in the waiting room. Arthur went in. Next thing you know, Rick, who's the guy, my husband, my first husband, who's now deceased, a year ago he died. Oh, and it, yeah, he was 95. So, you know, he lived a good life. Oh. So anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, 95. It's, it's young. 95 is the new 47. So anyway, so he said, what are you doing, you know, next? Where are you performing? I said, oh, well, my next gig is in Ohio. I'm doing Damn Yankees with Vincent Price for John Kenley, Kenley Player as a summer stock. He goes, oh, I'm lecturing on business in Ohio State. So can I come and see your show? He was obviously, you know, trying to schmooze me. And I said, okay, fine. So we came, he saw the show, and he came with his private jet. He, I guess he did his lecture or whatever. And I said, I can't go out with you because my there's a cast party tonight. But would you mind taking my mother home with you on your airplane? So he shoots my mother, gave her the book. He had the limo take her to the apartment. And all of a sudden, to her, he was king of the Jews. <laughs> she wasn't even Jewish, but there was there were some Jewish people in our building. It's like, oh, he's the king. Go, 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 go. So little by little, we became friendly. And he always claimed there was like a 28-year 20, age difference. So he always claimed that I married him to get away from my mother. And yeah, because my mother is the biggest freaking mama rose ever. She called <laughs> me like I was like under her thumb, go here, go this lesson, come on, do that. Oh, we're on the road, we're going here. She lived vicariously through me because she wanted to get out there and, you know, consort with celebrities. And she got that by pushing me into the business. I was a shy little kid. And I was going to a parochial school. The nuns said I was socially retarded, even though my IQ was okay. And so I went to this dramatic school, American Academy of Dramatic Arts, took children's courses. And Burgess Meredith was looking for a little girl, who was like eight, to co-star in a Broadway play. He was scouting with Tulula Bankhead, and I got hired. And that was like the beginning of everything. So when he saw me on stage, he was like, wow, you blew him away, this so it took us four years. We got married. I did escape my mother. Very unique relationship. He was like my father. He's like my mentor. Sort of like a husband because we were married. But he gave me my independence. He respected me. I tried to be social for a minute, but, you know, his friends didn't really accept me, and I really didn't care. It just wasn't what I did. It was, it was a mess. So I said, I need to get back to work. And he said, okay, fine, but I don't want you traveling all over, you know, doing national companies and being on the road for a year or doing this and going on. So let me produce a movie for you. So that's when he produced Butterfly. And that was the whole scandal because when Butterfly won the Golden Globe, he had produced it. And all of a sudden he created me and all that crap. And, you know, that's how stuff goes. That's how people perceive and that's how it goes. And I had to dig my way out of that hole by singing. And but that's the way it really goes now, too. Jealousy in the business. You know that, Pia. Come on. I said that to a friend of mine. I said, you know, there is a certain amount of jealousy. As a matter of fact, if I were, hadn't been me, I probably would have been jealous of myself. 
No, but people, you know, when listen, you came out of nowhere, and suddenly, my God, overnight, your name was all over the place. Everybody was talking about you. Everybody wanted to know who you are. Who is this little bitch that she comes along and she's a superstar and never heard of her? You know what? She never climbed the staircase to start him. She went from obscurity into superstardom immediately. But she said she really didn't. She started Broadway. I know that, but nobody knew. On a national level, he's right. Don't forget, back in the 80s, we didn't have the media we have today. Yeah, there's no social media. All we had was a little bit of the news, you know, crappy news on TV, and a little shit that you read that wasn't even the truth. Never would have happened to you today. Now, Pia, one thing I want to know I did see you perform. But was it in Las Vegas or somewhere? I remember you band- performed all over. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you performed all over. No, but I don't. Re- I remember you were backup boys, and if I'm not mistaken, they were, you know, with tails, and you were in a tail also with top hats. Am I confusing you? With- oh, that was a show I did. It was Gary Smith and, and Dwight Heaney and those guys produced it. It was called Too Short to Be a Rockhead. And then we had this thing where we did the high kicks and all that stuff with the, with the you know, formal guys. Yeah, because I remember watching you perform, and I remember the people I was with. And I said, God damn it, she's good. She's got really a great talent. She can sing. She can dance. What the fuck is all this hullabaloo about? And nobody knew. Everybody said, we don't know. I said, but the girl's a talented girl. And gorgeous. Yeah, still gorgeous, too. I put a picture up on Instagram that you were coming on the show and all these people were writing little comments like, oh, my God, you know, like she was my fantasy back in the day and, and she's still gorgeous now and she hasn't aged and everything was no. totally complimentary about that you've, you've maintained your gorgeousness. Do you, do you use fillers, and Botox? Yeah, I did once, but I don't because then they go poop. But yeah. you don't want to have to like refill that shit. I mean, I do that to my basketballs, but not my face. I did did Botox once and I looked like I was petrified, frightened. My eyebrows were up like St. Lucy and I looked like this, like alert, like somebody had their finger up my ass. And I walked around and I said, when is this shit going to fall down? And then finally the Botox left. No more. I'll stay natural. But anyway. People always ask me, have I worked on Well, of course, we just redid the kitchen last week. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a snoop. I'm a snoop. You look like this when you're 97. Wait, what's, what's going on in your life now? Where, where is it at? You're in love. What's happening? You're married. You got a boyfriend. You got a husband and a boyfriend. What's going on? You got a girlfriend, a husband, and a boyfriend. You probably have that. That's more like it. But no, he, he, you didn't hear the story. My, I've been married three times. You know, I don't waste time. You know, I don't like when I go on. I move on. <laughs> Life is too short to, you know, settle. So anyway, second one, we were in a custody battle. And there were some crazy restraining orders. And I had a stalker. And my Beverly Hills attorney, I was in Vegas with my first ex for my first kid's, second kid's birthday party. And this guy had a restraining order, the second husband. So he came and he was stalking and taking pictures, getting too close to the car. It was a mess. So he said, you need to go down to the police and file a report so we have record of this. And I did. And uh, next thing you know, it came across my hunky detective's desk. He's, he's the president, not president. He was the, 
He took care of all the cases, domestic violence, sexual assault, on strip. He looks like Alec Baldwin. He's a Nebraska corn husker. He's, I don't know, he's way, way too good looking and all that stuff in the beginning. He's not now because he's getting older. You know what happens. And he doesn't do Botox. That's a problem. But I hope he doesn't watch this podcast. He's Actually, no, no, he's super hot. Like, as you, as, you, as you see, I like older. And I Googled him to see what he looks like. And I was like, oh, man, he's super hot. I'm, I'm 25 years uh, uh, what did, what's your older name? than me. What was your name again? Jimmy. Oh, I'm 25 years older than Jimmy Starr. <laughs> Yeah, we look. I look younger because he looks like shit. But I look younger than he does at eighty. But you know, when people hear there's a twenty five year difference, they say, "Ron, Ron, you married an older man." I say, "No, no." No, you don't. So anyway, the guy was we struck up a relationship, and this was like fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. We've been married for sixteen years. Congratulations. Before we go any further, I just want to say something. I don't blow smoke up anybody's ass, and everybody knows that. I tell it like it is, or I don't say it at all. You're adorable. You really are adorable and charming, and you should do stand-up, because you just did an audition for me for stand-up comedy, and you made me laugh. Not too many people make me laugh, because the business bores me. Mostly these stars bore me. But you are really exciting, entertaining, full of energy, and everything Eileen Shapiro said about you is true. I love I, I, Eileen loves you. She said, Ron, wait till you meet P. You're going to love her. And you know what? I'm starting to. You're a very, very interesting. You're a nice person. Also, Eileen is in the chat room. So say hi to Eileen because we're business partners. So say hi to Eileen. Eileen, how are you? There you go. So you know what? I do stand up comedy at Pia's Place, which is my, my club that I work. I've had a six year residency here. So I sing the standards, I do the this, I have a Sinatra band, I have Sonny Charles, I talk, I make fun, I humiliate people, I get crazy. I'm like the female Don Rickles, and sometimes, like, oh my God, what did you just say? In fact, I have a black co-star, Sonny Charles, and he was messing with me one day, saying something not true, and I said, hey, let's call a spade a spade. And everybody just... Cracking <laughs> up laughing. I, I, I'm a Pollock. I'm a big Pollock. My mother used to say, let's call it space day. And I thought that meant, let's get real. You know, don't lie. Anyway, but I do some funny, crazy stand-up stuff there. It's, and I sing, and he sings, and it's a great thing. you got to come. We're close. We, I, I come to your cocktail party. You come to Pia's Place. Absolutely. We will definitely. So is it Pia's wait, wait, Place, meaning it's say, is it yours? Something Hang about- on, wait, wait. Pia's place is it actually your restaurant? Restaurant. It's the club, the lounge of the restaurant. Okay. Mantra. Everybody goes there. Everybody who's anybody goes. It's one of those high level. Don King will walk in, and Freddie will put his picture up five minutes before he walks in. It's very crazy. Everybody who's anybody, all celebrities are coming to check. Go there, and I sing in the lounge. You can also eat in the lounge. It's not a lounge singer, but it's like a room, like Feinstein's, where it's mine. It's been mine for. Six years now. I have a residency oh. every, every Friday and Saturday. And that is so cool. Well, you know what? We're going to come and we're going to bring a bunch of the people we work with. They're all young actors and actresses who are starting off becoming very famous in horror movies. And they're our gang. And I'm going to we usually we usually go to the um, Formosa Cafe to hang. Now we're going to come to your place in, in hang. Vegas and hang out in Vegas. I would love it. Wouldn't that be fun? It's so cool. You will love it. We, we go to Vegas. We have friends in Vegas. Yeah, it's close. You get in the car and drive. Yeah, yeah he, Ron likes to drive. I don't really, it's but no I do. It's no big deal. 
you know, Michael and, and Janine live there. Oh, yeah. Do you know Michael Damien? Michael Damien and Janine. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're friends of they're ours. They're very good friends of ours. And, and of course, Coco is a doll, their mother. Michael's mother. Michael's mother. So we go to Vegas to see them, and we have other friends that live in Vegas. So hey, it'll that be, be fun. That would be fun. That would be really fun. Yeah. I, like, love it. So. But you're closed right now, right? Yeah, everybody's there's no, no entertainment, no entertainment. Hotels are closed, everything is closed. I mean, Vegas has to be a ghost town. How sad is that? It's crazy. You know what, Pia? I want to ask you something. Maybe you're going to give me a real answer. I interviewed this fabulous black guy, and I can't think of his name for shit. But he is, they, they call him Mr. Las Vegas. He has performed in every single a club casino in Vegas. And he brings in all the black talent. Now he would told me, he said, Ron, Vegas is changing. They don't want black people in the orchestra. They want the band to be white. The performer has to be black. And he cannot bring in all the black entertainers that he used to bring in. Is that true? Or is it some kind of a story I got? I never really wrote about it or quoted it. But is I, don't, that I, don't, uh, I don't know that, but I think you're talking about my friend George Wallace. Yes. Who? George Wallace. Yeah, yeah, I think that's him. We met him at Nam or something. We I, met him at Nam, I think. He's a fabulous guy. He's iconic. He's crazy. He's wonderful. He's sweet. He's like, you know, we're like a family in Vegas, the performers that are here. And and a lot of them are we just, you know, playing together because they're not that many of us. Like when Suzanne Summers was here and and uh, you know, I mean all of you they're they're people that you wouldn't know because they're locals. Right. But, like Donnie and Marie were here, and who else? The, the usual uh, suspects. As Did you say. ever meet Tom Jones? I love Tom Jones. Of course, Tony Armando, Tom, you know, all those people, Frank Marino. Yeah, she's, she's Vegas. She knows every one of them. What are you kidding Remember 20 years ago, I was here and appeared with all those guys. And now they're back here. They come and then they go and we connect and all that stuff. I love that. Now, do you live up do you, do you live up the hill in Vegas or are you in an apartment? We live in um Don't in say a, where. No, we live in the Red Rock area. It's Okay. A, it's a place called the Ridges. It's fabulous. It's beautiful, there. beautiful out there. I know where you are. Yeah. I know. Beautiful. If you go I call it up the hill where Michael and Janine live. They live all the way up the hill in the gated community. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. What's that? I forgot I the forgot. road, Vegas Road. We were there two two summers ago. A friend of a bunch of celebrities from LA uh, have a friend who's a real estate agent in we Las were there Vegas. With Sherry Belafonte. And we who's went a riot. and they did a celebrity weekend where they rented like uh, I don't know an 18 million dollar like house, 10,000 square foot uh, or bigger, and it had tennis courts and golf courts and everything, baseball like pitching thing where you batting cage and everything. And we went with a bunch of local. Like a lot, a lot of soap opera stars and and uh, who did you, and Sherry Belafonte yes, and so we spent the weekend there. We had we, such a blast. We were so drunk. I wish we would have known you then, because you would have loved oh, it. Pia, we had such a good Pia, time. Pia. We were drunk from the minute we got there till we left. We partied, we danced, we sang, we swam like teenagers. It was a blast. Party went on all night long. Sherry Belafonte is a riot. In the morning, she put on a bandana like Aunt Jemima because she was making pancakes. And Aunt Jemima was on the box, you know, the black lady. With yeah. the top. And there she was with the bandana saying, yep, you all want some pancakes, what man? Miss, 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 your slave going to make you some pancakes? Oh, 
I love Sherry Balafonte. She's absolutely the funniest poet in the world. But we had a good time, very good time. So let's let's go to movies a little bit. So you first of all, uh, you have Naked Gun Thirty. I love all the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you're walking and- along the street, or you're at a party. That's right. That was like a weird thing that I did because they asked me to do a quick cameo and then it just expanded and it was the Oscars scene and I was, you know, Leslie Nielsen ripping my wig off and I was sitting down the thing and, and going through the guy's crotches and they were like, ah! you know, it was fun. I love psychics and I love to make fun of yourself. Leslie, so- Leslie Nielsen was a very nice guy. He was living in Florida. And some friend of mine was going up there for business, and I went with him, and I met Leslie Nielsen in his shorts. He didn't bother putting on pants. He was in a T-shirt and his underwear as he did his business. I would have died. I think he's so gorgeous. No, you don't, you don't, you don't peekaboo. But anyway, he was the nicest guy in the world, so down to earth, and really a sweet guy. And yeah. very, very handsome in, in a rugged way. Oh, yeah. I think he was gorgeous. So then you have True Beverly Hills. That's like Shelley Long, right? Or, I oh, think- okay. Great, great. Friend Robin Leach, who you know, he was emceeing the uh, fashion show. Uh huh. And True Beverly Hills, and he moved to Vegas. Rich lifestyles, rich and famous. Yes, that's who he was. And then he moved here and became like the number one columnist. Unfortunately, he passed away about a year and a half ago. I know, and, isn't that terrible? I loved him. I used to watch Lifestyles and, of the Rich and, and, and you, did you Did you get a chance to work with Bette Midler? Because I don't remember the same. She was, I was um, the youngest daughter of Fiddler on the Earth. And she came in in the chorus and eventually replaced Seidel, who was the oldest sister, because she was just a few years older than I. And uh, we became friends. I was a kid. She was 20. And um, when she was here, we hung out and all that stuff. I love I, I, I Bette Midler. She's a fabulous talent. And what I loved about her, the first time I met her was she's like four foot one. I mean, I didn't realize how small Bette Midler was. You know, you think of her as a larger woman. She's really about, about five foot one, maybe? Yeah, she's, she, that's why she walks with the feet close together. Yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> I got no fear. When <laughs> Bette Midler enters the room, her, her, wait, her tits come across. Her tits come in the room first, then she comes in. I'm telling you, she's so little with these big tits. And she's when I met her, she was at Perry Winkler's house changing her daughter's diaper. That's how many years ago it was. Her daughter was an infant, and she was changing a diaper. And I remember her turning around and saying, why can't shit smell like Chanel? <laughs> so why, can't, why can't baby shit smell like Chanel? That's what I remember her saying out of the whole afternoon. So you've done so many like cool things. If you had a bucket list, um, I like to ask everybody, especially since you're an actor and a singer. So let's do it both ways. Uh, if you could perform with any singer that you haven't had a chance to perform with, who would you like to por- perform with? And then same thing. Who's like on your bucket list? If you were going to make a movie, what's a male and female star that you would love to work with? And they don't, they could be living or dead. They don't have to be, they don't have to be someone who's uh I, um, I don't know. I, the, the first question I'd answer with Tony Bennett, but okay, same with yeah. him. Same with him. But we didn't make a record. I was appearing at the supper club in New York, and he was in the house, and he jumped up, and we did a duet. So I was playing with Lady Gaga. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. 
the movie thing, the movie thing, the movie thing. Your friend, you know, Rock Hudson, he's, I would have, um, okay, fine, Robert Redford, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the way we were, yes. Now, listen, would you like to sing with Johnny Mantis? No, his vibrato is too wide. His what? His, his, I don't know what you what, say it again. His vibrato is too light. Vibrato is too wide. Oh, too. We, we wouldn't sound good together because my vibrato is a little light. Thanks for. I get it. It's a singer. Uh, is that us, Fro? You sing her at the side. Oh, there she is. Now she's back. Okay. His bravado is too wide. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay. Uh, wide. Wide. Okay. Yes. Wide. Oh, wide. I love him. He's my favorite singer. But we wouldn't blend because my vibrato is wide too. Yeah. You've you've met Johnny, because I have. And Johnny's very shy and very timid and very soft spoken. He's absolutely the gentlest man I've ever met. I spent about an hour shopping in the food basket with him in West Hollywood. And we were walking around and I said, you know, Johnny, it's amazing. No one here knows who you are. He said, no, they don't. We got to the cashier and I said to the young kid, do you know who this guy is? And the kid said, no. I said, this is Johnny Mantis. He said, and so? I said, and you don't even know the name? And my heart broke because Johnny Mantis is the greatest male singer that world has ever known. And he's been around since 1957. And and I just get so blown away that America Americans do not honor age. In Europe, they know Enzio Pinza, they know all the old stars of a hundred years ago. And the Italians and the French and the German respect age and stardom. But here in this country, it's disposable. You're good for as long as your record sells. And once your record doesn't sell, yeah, who's that? I don't know them. Who's that? I mean, when you say, I, yeah, I do lectures, you know, about uh, uh, the old-time movies. I go to colleges, at least I used to. And I was talking, and I said to this kid in front of me, he was bewildered. I said, you know who Barbara Streisand is? You know what he said to me? No, but I've heard of her. Now, no, with, I, I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, there are generations. They like different music. I don't see what's wrong. At least he heard of her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there are legends in the business. Tina Turner is a legend. My Patti LaBelle, who I love and adore more than anybody in the world. Patti LaBelle is a legend. And yet young people today don't know the legends. They, they, some of them barely know Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah, he's the mafia guy. I said, no, he's not the mafia guy. He's the singer. And an actor. And an actor. Oh, thank God I'm younger than you. Yes. <laughs> she said, thank God I'm younger than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God is right. You were a baby. I was in my 30s. You were about 17 or 18. I was already maybe 35 when you came on my scene. But, um, yeah, you know, you're a nice guy. Everybody knows you, though. Like, when you mention the name, everybody knows who you are. Well, you know, you got to remember, our audience for this show is basically like 35 to like 80. Right. Uh, you know, so like everybody in our demographic that, knows like, you. You know, years ago it was Rudolenska. Everybody knew Rudolenska, but nobody knew who Rudolenska was. You'd say Rudolenska, they say, who's she? Oh, I know. I've heard of Rudolenska. Well, what have you heard about Rudolenska? I don't know, but I've heard her name all over. Whatever happened to Rudolenska? She did a commercial with an accent, and John Carson picked up on it. 
And then nobody knew, like you said, nobody knew who the hell she was. So when Pia Zadora came out, I guess, oh, he, she's my answer to Willa Lenska because... Exactly. Exactly. Well, you came on like wildfire. I must tell you, you were all over. You were on every TV show on on every place that there was anything to be gossipy about. You were really uh, flying high back in the late 80s. Was it 80s, 90s? I don't remember when. You know, it's nice that we're able to get you in our uh, home and in our show rather than have to uh, limo you in and go through all the baloney of hair and makeup and stuff. (laughs) It's so much easier this way. You always look fabulous, though, don't you? Because, yeah, every time I... I told you I have to go this afternoon to get my hair done. You know, I haven't done it. Jose does my hair in L.A., cuts my hair. Jose, you there? But I have to go and get a little, you know, weaving of color in. I haven't had hair in two months. Everybody looks like the ape man now. Uh, What dress size are you? I'm a four. I figured that. You're, You're tiny. I remember you being very tiny. You're a little girl. Five two. Five two. Five two. Five. Yeah, you're a t- tiny little girl. So, what is it you eat that keeps you so slim? Not much. <laughs> I agree with that. She said, "Not much." <laughs> you know what, Pia? That's the diet. Eat, eat a lot, gain a lot. Eat no. Nothing. No, I believe in small. Do you portions. exercise a lot, though? Yes. Sure. Every day, intermittent fasting. I don't eat to like. You know, 12, 1, and then I have like a little little salad, a little scoop of tuna, and then for the evening I have, I, I drink a lot, but I don't eat much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a lot healthy. of people do that. Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's blood sugar, keeps me, keeps it's a preservative, keeps you young. Absolutely. I, everyone that says to me, Ron, how do you stay so thin? I say small portions. I don't binge. I don't overdo. I leave, and even with my small portion, Jimmy will tell you, I'll always leave something behind, you know, on the plate. And that's how you stay thin and healthy. I'm actually the fat one. I love to eat and I didn't eat it all until I hit like 40. And now like I eat all the time. You're not, you're not fat. You just have I'm a, overweight. You have a belly. You look like you're about seven months, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> my husband just lost 20, 20 pounds, and I told him, I, he says, why? Because I fat shamed him. He, he likes to walk around naked, right? So he walks around. He looked like he was about to give birth to triplets, like a king. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. So what did he do now? <laughs> he had the babies. <laughs> I pretty much, you know, I said, oh, now you look like you gave birth to two of them. Just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> So now, is he doing a certain kind of diet to do that, or is he exercising more, eating less? What's he doing? Keto. He's doing keto. I put him on keto. And okay, he- I'm, I'm doing that, too. I lost seven pounds on it so far. Great. I love it. I love all the butter and the cream, the cream cheese, and all the cheese and all the eggs. I love that shit. And the bacon, it's great. I love bacon. <laughs> Yeah, we, we eat bacon. I also love cheeseburgers. I love In and Out. Cheeseburgers uh, too. That's the problem. That's the problem. Cheeseburgers are the real problem for me. I never eat that crap. Those those stupid places. Cheeseburgers, Chipotle, Burger Queen, Burger King, Wendy's. That's all. King. I love all that stuff. Burger Queen. That's what I call a Burger Queen. Ron, before I met him, he had never eaten it anywhere but In and Out. We lived in Florida when I met him in Taco Bell. Other than that, he had never been to McDonald's, Wendy's. Uh, any of the any of the places, fast food places, and I've taken him to all of them. And 
I stand there and I didn't know what to he do. He doesn't even know how to order. <laughs> he first, can't read the menu. First order. Time, no, really. The first time I went in, I felt like an idiot. I walked in and I look at this disgusting looking place that smelled like grease. And the people behind the counter serving it look worse. And I thought to myself, he really eats this shit. It's poisonous. And then I look up and I say, Jimmy, what do I do? And then he said, well, you have to order this, this and that. And I couldn't get got confused. He's like, he's like, my life was so different. Before I met you, I only ate with tablecloths. <laughs> <laughs> I only ate in places with tablecloths and candles. You and can't, I hope you don't eat too much shrimp because you're good. Well, oh, he, I've, he I've cut. No, I've cut back, and mostly now I primarily eat chipotle, which isn't really that bad for you, because I uh, I eat the all I eat is the rice and the chicken, um, basically. Well, but yeah, I've cut way back though, because before I met Ron, I used to eat it like every day. <laughs> Pia, Pia, when you come to the house for the party, come the day before. And I'll make a dinner for you. I cook Italian, and I make because I'm Italian, so I'll make you a nice Italian dinner, low in calorie but delicious in taste. I love it. I love it. And we'll drink plenty of vino, and we'll have some small little friends over that are fun, because that's all we are. We're fun. You know, life is too short to have uh, humdrum people around you or negative people. Can I bring my girlfriend from Palm Springs? Absolutely. Now, how do you feel about negative people? What she say? She said it's their problem. Yeah, I know, but I don't like being around them. I can't stand negative. <laughs> when they come out with the negative, like you know, you could go to the beauty salon and have your hair done beautiful, and then some girl will look at you and say, "Oh, you had your hair done. It looks so fake." You know, that's kind of people I hate. I can't deal with them. I really. Or oh, Ron, I saw your last movie. Too bad you weren't in it long enough. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That well, sort of that sort of stuff I despise. It's called jealousy, but people, you know, they're they're geared different ways because of their environment and their upbringing and what they went through in their lives. And a lot of people are just negative because they had a lot of shit thrown at them, and they want to ward it off and they they want to make fun of everything. And that's yeah. you know, it's sad. They really need therapy. We we actually we watched this show, movie the other night. Ron didn't watch all of it, but I did, and it was with. Uh, Ricky Gervais, and it's an old movie from 2009 called The Art of Lying, and it's about it's a movie where everybody in the movie tells the truth all the time. So like, he'll see a girl and he'll be like, oh, you know, I don't want to go out with you because I'm not attracted to you and we can never have sex and everything is like real. And then the one guy learns to actually lie and he starts making tons of money because he like uh, why because you, he lies. Why are you about talking it. about this? Why? Because we're talking about. It. Like negative people and shit. It's a, yeah, but it's a big story to talk about a little negative comment. People, negative people should drop dead. Period. I know, but it was a very fun movie, and I think everybody should watch it because it was very cle- it was very cleverly put together. You can tell we're married. Yes, we're married. married, but obviously you are more sensitive to negativity than Jimmy. Yeah, he is. What'd you say? And why? What was your upbringing? What was your upbringing? Let's talk. My about upbringing. Brooklyn, 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 Italian. Were your parents negative? Were your parents negative? Oh, God, no. My father and mother, we lived in the Red Hook Projects, and our neighbor next door was a black family. And we had them in our house all the time. This is back in 1940 when I was born, 1945, 1948. And in those days, black people, I don't even know if they were allowed to exist. Everybody hated them, like, oh, my God. And my parents fought with uh, other people that made derogatory remarks about Miriam. And you know what? When I came home from the hospital after my mother gave birth, Miriam gave me my first bath in the kitchen sink. So 
I had parents that were very uh, socialistic, very open-minded, and very broad-minded. Unfortunately, my father, when it came to gay people, he hated fags. That's what he used to call them. And, That's it right there. You know, right there was the sad part because when he did find out that I was gay, he was heartbroken because he wanted a real man for Same a son. Same here. My parents were not you okay know, with that. A real man, gay. like I'm not a real man. You know, there, it was that was the sad part of the day. But today my father would think differently because we've come a long way with a gay understanding. You tell yourself that. But, you know, you remember Spunky Lasorda, Tommy Lasorda's son? Yes, I do. Yeah, he was, he was a gay guy. And he was beautiful. And he was a big fan of mine. And just before his death, a friend of him, a friend of his brought me to his house to meet him, spend some time with him. He asked me to sing Memories at his funeral. Frank Sinatra was there, everybody was there. But I went a day ahead. He died of AIDS. I went a day ahead and sang it at his bedside because I didn't think he'd hear it when he was dead. He said, I'm rehearsing now. This is what I'm singing. And I sat on the side of his bed with his mother, Joe, there. The problem was he was wonderful and fabulous, but Tommy would not deal with the fact that he was gay. And they asked him to make commercials after that. You know, I'm this, I'm this, sports figures, and my son was gay, and I'm for AIDS. But he would never step up to the plate, and he never communicated with Spunky for years. It was very, very sad. Yeah, that's sad. Well, Rock Hudson was the same way. Rock Hudson, I remember we were at the set of Macmillan and Wife shooting at Universal, and I was sitting in my chair waiting, and Rock Hudson went over to the script person. He said, listen, I don't like this line. It's a little too feminine. Could we change it around a little bit? And I was so impressed by that because he even hid his homosexuality from me, knowing I was gay. He hid it from everybody, unless you were Elizabeth Taylor or Doris Day in a close-knit group of people. So the movie Hollywood showed him with a black lover going to the Academy Awards hand-in-hand, hand, coming out kissing, as gay. Kissing. kissing was such a lie. And I want people out there to know. He had to do that for his image. That was yeah. part of the Hollywood image. I don't know if he would, if he liked doing that or not. Obviously, it's not healthy. He probably didn't feel good about it. Jordan, shut the hell up. I'm on an internet here. Rock Hudson was lovers with George Nader and Roddy McDowell. I know that because Lee Winkler was good friends with all of them. Anyway, that was the little gay crowd. Rock Hudson, I don't think, ever had a black lover. And if he did, it would have been okay, too. But he never went to the Oscars hand in hand, kissing a black man and saying to everybody, She I'm might not gay. know what you're talking about. We're talking about the, the, the TV series Hollywood. That's a big lie. I don't know if you Hollywood. saw that. It's on Netflix. They just no, got was Cary Grant gay? Yes. He came to my opening at the Beverly Hills. Cary Grant. Cary Grant was gay, absolutely. She said she came to the, her, her opening where? To my opening at the Beverly Theater in, in L.A. when I first did my singing. And he came with uh, Diane Cannon. Right. Oh, yeah, that's I, perfect. I, unfortunately, I regret I've never met Cary Grant, who I adore, love. I wanted to be Cary Grant growing up. Instead, I turned into Jane Russell. How that happened, I'll never know. But anyway, Cary Grant was my idol. He was my idol. I love, I've never met him. You're lucky that you met him. I'm sure he was a charming guy. Actually, Eileen just texted me that you you're uh, you do uh, you're on a some kind of a charity thing for gay use. Tell us about that because that's like cool for our listeners. Charity for well, a fan, which is you know yes, and uh, I I do a lot of 
you know, with the golden uh, rainbow here. And I was the original <laughs> girl, the revolver. I did the original AIDS charity. And um, it was in, uh, it's on Little Santa Monica Boulevard in LA. And it was, the revolver was the name of the club. It was the first one of the trendsetters. They carried me in, the guys carried me in, and my Bob Mackie down. And my, my ex-husband, who we talked about, Big book. He was he always came with me when I did those things. So he was at the bar. He owned Doers. He owned Shenley at the time, right? Wow. So he was at the bar, and um, this guy next to him ordered a scotch, and he said, "If you buy Doers, if you get Doers, I'll I'll buy." And the guy said, "No, thank you." First <laughs> 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 gay rejection. He says, "Oh no, that's it. They rejected me. You rejected me." But uh, I did the first journey at the Revolver, and it's like I love Revolver. Did you know that there's a drag queen years ago who impersonated P. Isadora? Did you know that? And he used your name, and he used to lip sync, I believe, to your music. His name was P. Isadora, and he worked in Vegas at the Key Club because I worked the Key Club a hundred years ago, and I think he worked the Key Club quite a few of them, and also Ruta Lenska, who was a drag queen, also. A uh, big time drag queen in Vegas, very famous, worked those clubs. But yes, there was a drag queen called P. Isadora. Wow. wow. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I know Frank Marino did me when he was at the. Uh, well, you know, you, you're nobody until a drag queen impersonates you. Like Betty Davis. <laughs> no, Betty Davis said, after I'm dead, I'll never be forgotten. Not as long as there's a drag queen around that imitation. Okay. So let me tell you a Betty Davis story. It was Jose Bear's 40th birthday at La Rangerie in Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. And I was sitting with Elizabeth Taylor and Betty, Betty Davis, and our husband's my manager at the table. So I come in, get introduced, and of course, um, this, you know, new newbie in town. And I, I, I saw Betty Davis. I said, hello, Miss Davis, how are you? I'm Pia Zadora. And she looked at me and she said, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Elizabeth and I had so we had Donker rings that that I guess Richard had given my husband. There were these huge diamonds, and we was like, "Oh, you have the I have the Donker." So we took off our rings and we were passing them around the table. So the next morning, Army Archer called me and said, "Betty Davis called us and said that you and Elizabeth." called me and said that you and Elizabeth were passing around your rings at the table at Jose's party. Is that true? I said, yeah. And she was too embarrassed to patch up to, to pass around her brooch. Her family <laughs> brooch. We <laughs> were like two kids. Right. No, I knew Betty pretty well. We had a, a friendship at the very end of her life. And um, she was quite a broad. Dirty mouth could knock them back like nobody else could drink. And loved a dirty joke. Loved. Uh, she was the furthest thing from the lady she portrayed on the stage, on the screen, as we all know. But yeah, yeah I could see Betty in that. I have so many Betty Davis stories from so many people. And the, my favorite one of all is when we went to Le Mustache for lunch in L.A., a bunch of us, uh, all in the business. And Betty had on big sunglasses and a sailor hat pulled down with no lipstick. 
And we finished eating lunch, and she turned around and said to the waiter, more coffee, with that Betty Davis voice. And she had just put on her big red lips. Well, like all the queens in the restaurant jumped up and said, oh, my God, it's Miss Davis. They ran over to her, and they were going, oh, Miss Davis, I adore you. I love you. I worship you. And she kept saying, of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and I cracked up laughing. I mean, I, know, I have a better story. When I was at the Fairmont, I was walking in the lobby, and one guy, and I did, I wasn't dressed yet. I wasn't done. He comes over to me and goes, "Oh my God, Trapeza's the door." I said, "I hate her," and he ran so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you had fun. I scared the poor bastard away. <laughs> I love though that you've had fun and that you're still having fun. I love the fact that you really don't look like you've aged a day. Not a bit. Uh, and that's no bullshit. We don't do that. But you're here. still gorgeous and still talented. We want to let I everybody. Mean, I don't know if it's the camera or what it is, but you don't look. I swear to God, I'm not lying. You don't look more than 32 or 33 years old. And I know, and I know how old you are. I mean, it's amazing. You Stop. look, you look wonderful, and your energy level is of a 25 year old. And I think you're fabulous, and I'm so happy to know you. I can't wait for your cocktail party. Oh, well, it's going to yes. be fun. And you, and you better come, otherwise I'll talk bad about you. <laughs> <laughs> like they said, you, you know, any press is good press, even bad press. I believe in that. So, you guys listen up, though. We want to get, uh, if you want to either stream or download her brand new album, All or Nothing at All, with fantastic standards. It really, really is good. I've listened to it about six times in the last two I days. I can't wait to listen. I swear um, to you, I have to go out and paint. Let me know. Oh, we will definitely let no, you listen, know. No, listen, I have to go out after the show. I just built a barbecue at a cinder block in stucco. I have to paint it white. I'm going to listen to your album as I paint. And I know I'm going to go crazy when I hear it. All yeah. my favorite songs. Jimmy, text me later and let me know what you really thought. I will let oh, you. Oh no! I, I know I'm going to like it already. I know I'm going to like it. I know because I know he has taste. Uh, no. yeah, absolutely. So you guys also wait. Wait, you did the key. Go. Wait, you did the key word when you said it's a cocktail party voice. That's what I love. Peggy Lee, beautiful. Lainey Kazan. Those are my singers. And if you're in that category, my darling, you're my singer also. Okay, let me know. You guys I'm listen sure to will. you can follow Pia Zadora on Twitter at it's at official PSZ. And what's your Instagram? Do you know? I think it's at official Pia Zadora. Okay, so there you guys go. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. We'll definitely be in touch and we can't wait for you to come to our house. Uh, um, and stay safe and stay, stay safe. That's stay, right. Stay, stay and we're gonna come visit you in Vegas and come see your show. Absolutely. That's a promise I give you. I promise, promise, promise. As soon as we're, as soon as we're paroled. All right, everybody. So, Pia, thank you so much. Thank we'll you, talk darling. to you soon, everybody. Thank, thank you for a wonderful uh, interview. You were fabulous. Thank you. No, you were Bye. great. You, you name dropped. You oh, talked. You go. did everything go. good. Bye, All right, buddy. Real quick, a quick commercial before we come with our next guest. Uh, don't forget, Friday night is Get In, the live stream benefit to the Ali Forney Center for Homeless LGBT Youth Affected by COVID-19. It's Friday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. You go to YouTube to the Get Out Magazine Presents page. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you know the people that are – it's being hosted by Honey Davenport with performances by Allison Arngram, Cece Peniston, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Cheyenne Elliott, Daniel Reichert. I'm going to pick out the ones I like. Dion Warwick, Ian Buchanan – 
Uh, Ian Guerin, Leon, Lisette Menendez, Lovari, uh, Matt Namer from the FMs, Mickey Burns, Soho Johnny, Smooth B, Sue Wong, uh, all kinds of great people. Tim Moss, Vivian Reed. Um, it's gonna Scott Page from uh, from uh, Pink Floyd. Pia's Adora is gonna be there, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, you guys. So please tune in. 8 p.m. Eastern time. And now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Robert Wool. They're going to be adding it to the call any second, you guys. Going to be a lot of fun. There he is. Hello, hello. I cannot, be- I cannot believe that you're on my show. Hang we're, on, hang on. We're going to oh, introduce I, him first. I'm so excited. First of all, Where he has a little him? bit of a migraine, so he says he's... Oh, I'll clear the migraine oh, out. You're not supposed to tell. I told you that. I didn't... That's okay. I'll clear out your migraine. Trust me. So hang on. So how do I... How, is it wool? I, I actually Googled actually, how to pronounce it. Actually, it's pronounced... My family always pronounced it wall, almost like the side of a building. It is wall. Yeah. Wall. Okay. Wall. So Robert Wall, you guys. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly super talented... Robert Wall, hello and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, as good and as young as Pia Zadora looked, I'm going to make a perfect counterbalance to that. Oh, no, no you're perfect. It. Now, listen to me. <laughs> oh, let, Hang on, let me introduce you. He doesn't know who you are. Do so this quick. is Ron Russell. Hi, hi, hi. Go fuck that and shit. And we have a chat room full of people from like Wait. about 15 countries. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi. Now, where are you guys originally? Where is this being broadcast from? Palm Springs. Um, Palm Springs. Oh, Rob it. Rob it. We're in Palm Springs, but the station that's that you're being broadcast out of, uh, out the of TV Florida. station, is in Florida. Okay. okay. So it's all the either way. Yes, that's or, right. It's all the way, no now, matter Rob, what. Now, Rob it. Listen to this. No bullshit. No phony talk. No Hollywood bullshit. I fell in fan with you. I mean, really a fan of yours. No bullshit. When I heard... Turk, oh, you came already, Turk, and the Iron Box sisters. I mean, give me a fucking break. I think you are a riot. <laughs> you are probably one of the best quiet comedians that does stuff without having to overdo it. It's subtle. I am a fan of yours. I am so excited to have you on the show because I meet so many schmucks that I could give a shit less about. And you are really somebody I, I think is a fabulous talent. What are you doing? I want to see more of you. Well, first of all, Ron, that's very, 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 very kind of you, and I do appreciate that. Uh, right now, like everybody else, I ain't doing too much. I'm actually working on a baseball book. You know, I've been a huge baseball fan my whole life, and I decided to write about what I love. And I've interviewed. You know, I have a lot of friends in baseball, so I'm interviewing all of them. You know, and uh, and just telling stories and my opinions, and just and I'm making jokes along the way, and uh, uh, and enjoying that until things get going again. The you know, hopefully. There's a couple of things that I want to get going. I'd like to do another history monologue thing, uh, another assume the position. I enjoyed that a lot. And, uh, you know, whatever comes along. You know, I'm, right now it's like I, 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 my father died at 53. My mom died at 60. So I, I figure, you know, I'm just going to have a good time. So because, uh, you know, if, if a great project comes, that's fine. If not, I create my own or I just enjoy it. You know, if you can't be a great – I always felt if you can't be great, performing be a great audience so i try to do that sometimes yeah but let me tell you something you had as i said subtlety i mean i i've seen many movies i've seen you in dramatic roles as well but i've seen you as a comedian you can walk up to something give it a look turn around and look back and it's funny very few comedians have that sort of talent they have to bang you over the head with the joke you are like walter matthau one of those subtle kind of 
kind of com- I'm not bullshitting you. I blow- he doesn't I, bullshit I, to I, anybody. I blow, smoke, I blow smoke up no one's ass. If he doesn't like no, people, no, no, he just I, tells I, them. No, no, I know. I'm, not, I'm not taking it that way. I'm taking it as tremendously high praise. No, I'm not taking it like bullshit. I'm well, taking wait. that to me hearing Mathau is one of my heroes. So well, I, you will that, like him. To that point. Listen, uh, Robin. Two, two Robin. Stories. Uh, I'm gonna- one is recently I just watched the original you know, one of the things we're all doing in lockdown is, you know, if you're like me and you're old enough, you watch old movies and you or, or some you haven't seen, you binge watch or you revisit stuff. And I just watched the original, the original 19, I guess it's 1973 version of the taking of Pelham one, two, three. Love it. Fabulous. Movie. And, and God may rest in peace. Jerry Stiller's in it, too. Fabulous and, movie. And, and it, it, I had forgotten. I always remember it being a good movie. I had forgotten how good it was. It's a good movie. And to that point, uh, about a year or two years ago, about a year or two ago, I was at one of these Oscar lobbying parties where they lobby for your votes and stuff. But Peggy Siegel in New York puts on these things. She gets all the Oscar voters you can. And they lobby for you. You know, They have these dinners. And this one was for Noah Baumbach's film, uh, The Meyerwitz Stories, which I really liked. And at the luncheon was Dustin Hoffman and... Uh, uh, and uh, Adam Sandler, who was in it, and it was terrific. Uh, but I was talking about Dustin, and we, 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 I mentioned Mathau in some way, shape, or form. And he stopped and said, you know, Mathau is being forgotten, but God, what a great actor he was. And he really was. So for you to say that makes no, my I day. Mean, right. Actually, taking Wait, wait. Who was better than Hollywood Suites? Was that one that shot at the Beverly Hills Hotel? What was that movie? It was, it was a, it, Beverly Hills Suites or something. It was, a, it was a trilogy. Jane Fonda, Walter Matthau, it was called, um, ho- ho- oh, shit. Anyway, the movie that I was quoting before with Fran Drescher, where Turk Hollywood Nights. Is Hollywood Nights, Nights right. which is my daughter's and my favorite film. We always play and laugh our asses off. By other and we had Fran Drescher on the show. Yeah, and I love Franny anyway. She's a crazy Did you person. ask her about Hollywood Nights? Yes. Yes, I talked. How did, I, how did she respond? I said exactly like that. I said, Franny, I loved your line. She said, what line? I said, Oh, Turk, you came. She said, yeah, didn't I wind that one out? <laughs> you got to like She's a it. doll. I love Ren Justice. She's just a sweetie pie. I had never seen that movie until I actually oh, met That Ron. movie is absolutely the stupidest movie in the world, but the best movie in the world. It is so cute. So he pees in the punch bowl. I mean, what they don't do to that poor schmuck, that little guy, that fat thing, that nerd. <laughs> But they torture him. This guy is the son of a Robert's the son of a bitch in the movie. I mean, he really is a torturer. I, I love the film. I, I think that film is what brought him to where he is today. Uh, I think everyone that saw that film back in whatever year it was, 30, 40 years ago, maybe. 40 years. 1980. Yeah, a long time ago. I think they really saw a great comedic performance by you. And I've seen you in serious shit. And I really want you to work again because um, I'm an actor also. I would still do movies, you know, horror movies like Betty and Jane, Joan Crawford, you know, at the end of their career. <laughs> they do horror movies. So now that I'm going to be 80 next week, I'm doing horror movies. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing you horror movies. You and Piazzadora must be on the same diet. Yeah. <laughs> we, we eat nothing. So hang on. Let me do some bragging real quick. Um, besides Arliss, which everybody, like everybody who's especially into sports, everybody knows you from Arliss. Um, but but you guys, so Robert has been in a ton of great things. So many If good you're movies. in my generation, you like the fact that he's in the Madonna Material Girl uh, video, which is fabulous. Fabulous. Um, 
Uh, he's also in Good Burger with um, the guy from Saturday Night Live, which is a fun movie. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. High with Sean Young, Tim Daly, Stephen Tobolowski, Harvey Firestein, and Jeremy Piven, of which we've met Harvey, Sean Lugan. I love Harvey. Stephen's been on the show. Cobb with Tommy Lee Jones, Blue Chips, which is a great movie. The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston, Bill Cobbs, Debbie Reynolds. And I'm an extra in that movie, uh, in your scene. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Back in the day, and no, I, uh, I remember about that scene. I was, you know, Kevin asked me to. Uh, they had to have a host of the Academy Awards, and I'd done Bull Durham with Kevin, and we became friendly. And he asked me to do the part in uh, uh, to play the host of the Academy Awards. I said sure. Uh, what I remember is Debbie Reynolds, because Debbie Reynolds was the other presenter, and how on Debbie Reynolds was. You know, after. You know, when you read the book, you know, Postcards from the Edge, and you see Debbie Reynolds, you know, people ask me if Robin Williams was on all, because I did, you know, I've known Robin for 100 years, and if he was on all the time, and Robin was not on all the time. He was, he actually, you know, yeah, he uh, could get on, on a, in, in a millisecond, I, but I, I, knew, I, I got knew, the feeling Debbie Reynolds was on all the time. Yeah, I knew Debbie pretty well. Uh, I went to a comedy club where Joan Rivers was rubbing, you know, rehearsing some jokes for people to listen to and i wound up sitting in a limo in the middle of joan rivers and debbie reynolds could you imagine being in that sandwich well the language out of debbie was shocking not even a sailor and funny and crazy <laughs> lady the craziest funniest lady that made no sense but made total sense debbie reynolds absolutely played debbie reynolds i agree yeah jo Joan Rivers, on the other hand, was kind of like a Hamisher girl. She wasn't really a very, um, she wasn't like a Yenta like I thought she would be, you know, joking and talking. She was very normal and very uh, quiet. But Debbie took the whole limo over. Hang on, wait, I got to finish doing bragging. So you guys also, because for me, Batman is really big. So he was in Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, which is when Batman was really fun. Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Jack Palance, Billy D. Williams, Bull Durham, like he just mentioned with Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins. Good Morning Vietnam, which is a great movie. Flashdance, which is one of my like he's favorite worked movies. In everything, I know right? he's basically like in every you know cool what? shit you never, ever. You never gave a shitty performance yet. I wish you did so I could talk about it. I'd give him shitty performance. No, 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 no. Seriously, seriously, uh, seriously, I've given shitty performances. I don't. Nothing, nothing. I've seen. You're very natural. You're you. The camera likes you, and when you go on camera, you're very smooth and very natural. You're not. A, you're not. Uh, no, there's something about you the camera really likes. You got to go to work. Jimmy produces a lot of movies. He's going to put he you in works. a movie. He's just nobody's working right now. He works all the time. Yeah, but what, what, what did I see him in last? Oh, I don't know. What were you in last? <laughs> in, a, in a mask and gloves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, I, you know, I did a movie that's supposed to be coming out called Shirley, uh, which is about Shirley Jackson, the author, uh, the famous horror author. Right. Uh, and and uh, it's with Elizabeth Moss starring in it. And uh, I know it was just picked up when they played it at Sundance. It was just picked up. I don't know when it's, I don't know when anything's coming out. Um, no, nobody does. No, nobody I have knows anything right now. I have three movies coming out and I don't know where they're coming, but they're going to come out soon. They're going to be so old by the time they come out. Nobody's going to know who I am. I'll be dead. But anyway, where, yeah. where, are you, where, where are you guys originally from? I'm from Brooklyn, Red Hook, Brooklyn, New York. I'm from Florida, South Florida. Yeah. Okay. How did you guys meet? I picked him up, tried to pick him up in a mall, and he told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, get the fuck away from me. 
We're up, married, by the way. We're married. He came up to me and he said to me, you're the most gorgeous guy in the mall. And I thought, how does he know I'm gay? Like, what kind of bullshit is that? And that's what I said to him. Get the fuck away from me, you idiot. Anyway, that's the beginning of a long run. That was the beginning of our we're married we're, nine years. We're married nine years. What happened was he I followed him around. He thought I was a creep. And then he left the mall. And I had like, called my Brooklyn friends. And like two weeks later, like two weeks later, he was in the mall again. And this time he was with his like some guy he was dating. And I walked up to hit on him again because I was also in the mall. And it ended up that I had a very popular radio show. We were like one of the most popular radio shows on the East Coast. And he have a, he had a TV show out here on Time Warner Cable called Set the Record Straight, where he interviewed all the legends of Hollywood. I mean, and, Betty uh, Davis, uh, Jane Elizabeth Russell. Taylor. I don't know. No, Tab no, Hunter. Ne never Elizabeth Taylor. But you worked with her. I oh, worked okay. with Elizabeth, but never uh, interviewed what, her. What would you work with her on? I worked with her on AIDS benefits. I went to the white parties. I worked with her at Arm Far in New York. I did uh, drag show performances for AIDS. We raised over $150,000, and we gave it to the Elizabeth Taylor Foundation for <laughs> AIDS research so i i got to know elizabeth you know i mean she was a very quiet girl a little I have, I have always heard uh there's certain you know and i've been here long enough i've heard every story about everybody and and i love <laughs> and i love the old show business i'd always ask who was the biggest asshole who was the biggest jerk and i i ask everybody that and, oh i could tell you right away richard i've richard, never heard a bad word about elizabeth taylor no no Lizzie, Liz i've was never married. heard a good word about danny Kay. Uh, who Wait a minute. You know who was the asshole of the earth? Richard Widmark. He was my neighbor next door when I lived in Beverly Hills. I fought with that son of a bitch every week. But he the, was that, the but nastiest. That's, that's, huh? not a, that's certainly a professional thing. I've never heard a good word about Danny Kay from anybody about anything. <laughs> well, he was I know. One he, big asshole. He was a closet queen. That's why he was gay and he was married. He was lying to everybody like half of Hollywood, but he was gay as a lock. And he yeah. supposedly had like a nine inch schwanz, you know, and he's supposed to be very. Okay. So too in much information. I got to say, I went to the, uh, I, you know, it was funny because again, I love all that history. So I actually saw the Scotty documentary about Scotty, the guy who owns the gas station, you know. Oh, you know? Yeah, Scotty, the documentary. Well, yeah, we yeah, saw that, we saw that too. Did you see it? It's great. Yeah. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. And I believe about 99% of it. I absolutely do. Well, no, the Rock Hudson stuff was all a lie. That no, he's not happened. talking about Hollywood. He's talking oh. about that documentary we oh, saw. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what, Robert, Mr. Black. I'm talking about the real guy. Oh, yeah, let, the let, real guy. We let saw me, it. Let me tell you, Richard Blackwell, you know, Mr. Blackwell, the 10 yeah. worst, dear, dear, my best buddy for years. We were like brothers. And uh, Richard would tell me stories about everything. And I remember him before the documentary telling me about the trailer. Walter Pigeon used to go there. I mean, right. Tab Hunter, all the big famous movie stars that we didn't even know were queer. Right. Gay. Anyway, Blackwell said he went a couple of times and it cost a lot of money. <laughs> and Blackwell was, you know, a cheap Jew, so he didn't really want to spend his money. He liked to right. save it. But um, yeah, that was a true story. The the the, the trailer behind the guest. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally bored. You know, again, back Elizabeth Taylor, though, the great story I friend of mine, Steve Tyrell, who you may or may not know, singer. He does all the Cafe Carlisle. He's just a terrific guy. But back in the day, he was an, a very young kid, and he was working at the Brill Building in New York, the great songwriters building. And he was the assistant, or, an, or he was working with back. He says back rack back then in the '60s. And he said in the '60s in the Brill Building, there were two. Everybody, every singer, 
wanted a new song from one of two people. It was either Burt Backrack or Bob Dylan. Everybody, every singer wanted the new Dylan song, the new Backrack song. So Backrack, he tells me, decides he's going to one-up everybody, and he's going to write a song for Bob Dylan. Oh, wow. And he does. And he does. And the song is called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And if you listen to it, it's like, nothing seems to fit. Crying's not for me, you know. So he goes to Dylan with the song. Dylan does not respond. Uh, and so now the, it's in the movie, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So they have to record it. And they can't get any singer to sing this song to agree to the song. They said, what is this corny, crappy singing stuff? Finally. They got B.J. Thomas. Well, hold on. The only reason they approved B.J. Thomas is because Steve Tyrell was from Texas. He knew B.J. from Texas. And B.J. had just had a hit with Hooked on a Feeling. So the record companies and the movie studio said, okay. So B.J. Thomas flies out to record the song for the movie. Uh, and he shows up and he gets really hammered really drunk the night before and he shows up the next day and Backrack's really pissed off and he sings the song and he goes your voice sucks we're going to record this because we have to have it in the movie and it's going to be locked but you're coming back and we're recording a single and you better be in fucking good shape so soon enough because there are two different versions the version from the movie is different so he comes back later and then, it, then of course the song explodes and then it becomes nominated for an academy award so B.J. Thomas, who's performing it at the Oscars, goes there. He doesn't know anybody in Hollywood, so he brings my Freddie Tyrell. That's his date. They don't know anybody at the Oscar party except Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper they know because he's up for Easy Rider, and they're the stoners. So the, he sits at their table, and this was the year that Elizabeth Taylor came and, uh, and, and presented for the first time in like 10 years. So it was a big deal. Anyway... They walk, they're sitting there by themselves, Hopper and Tyrell, B.J. Thomas. Liz Taylor walks in. Hopper gets on top of the table and yells, Liz, Liz, because she had played his mother in Giant. Liz, Liz. She comes over, Dennis. And she's now, and she's wearing this very low-cut dress and the famous rock, uh, the, the, you know, the, um, the star oh, whatever the hell it was, Richard Burton gave her. Right, the ice skating ring. Diamond or whatever it was. And so he gives her a big uh, big uh, hug, and he says, Liz, is that rock real? She says, yeah, and the tits are too. <laughs> she was, everybody told me Liz Taylor was a great broad, as they used to say in, the, uh, in my day. She was a broad. I, I have the, to wait, say, the, hang on. When I met Elizabeth the first time, I went up to Amphar, and I was negotiating with them for a big drag benefit with Peter, uh, oh, my dear friend who passed yeah. away, Peter Allen. I loved Peter Allen. And this is before we knew he had AIDS. And Peter was going to star in our benefit. So I was talking to Elizabeth, and she was laying on a sofa in a room with the Venetian blinds drawn. And as I saw her, the first thing I said to myself was, her eyes are just like everybody else's. They're not lavender. They're pretty greeny blue eyes. Anyway, she was half asleep or half stoned or whatever it was. She mumbled through whatever it was that we did. And I wasn't very impressed. But the next time I saw her at the White Ball in New York, she was absolutely vivacious and magnificent and brilliant and talkative and fabulous. And her tits were hanging out. Yeah, she was a, quite a gal. So hang on, though. Wait, because I want to go back to this. So because the reason I only reason I knew B.J. Thomas sang that song is because we actually had him on our show when we first became went from a radio show to a television show. He was one of our first guests. And he did not tell us that story. <laughs> no. That's that's the story I heard. I, I like your story. Your story but, makes no, it a lot more fun. <laughs> but, but I remember Elizabeth Taylor 
uh, she was angry one time at somebody. I forgot who it was, but it was somebody pretty famous. And she let go. And I got to tell you, that broad could curse and, and talk. Yeah, no, she was a guy. I understand. Like, she was an old-fashioned broad. Hey, now, now, who's been the biggest asshole on your show? Who's oh, I, I threw him off. I walked off. Some moron piece of shit came on our show thinking who the fuck he was. And he was going to run my show from where what? he was. And he was an asshole. And I walked off. And I've never walked off a set or a show in I my life. I forgot who that was. I forgot who it was, too. But obnoxious. We don't creature. get too many of them because we kind of like one. them out. Like, I always Google people and find out if, yeah. you know, what kind of reputation they have on interviews and stuff they do. Because we don't want to have problems. Because our whole thing is to have fun and, and promote whoever's coming on because we and, love their work. And, and, Bob, let me tell you something. I've been doing interviews for over 25 years. I have interviewed maybe 9,000 people because we have a two a week, four times a month. We're, we're, on, we're on going on so our 12th I mean, year. I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed, probably half of the business. And this one was the only ass wipe that I've ever, ever had on my show. He was really obnoxious and hideous. No, she had two. She didn't like he didn't like somebody who was a big star on Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in the day. But that was that was like eight years ago. No, you can't come on this show and run it. You're not going to tell me to be quiet or to do this or to do that. Fuck you. This is a conversation show. This is not an interview show. I don't ask you the bullshit questions that every other moron asks. You know, what movie, blah, blah, blah. It's so fucking boring. Nobody gives a shit. I talk about the real world like you. Are you married? Are you happy? You got a girlfriend? You got a boyfriend? You got a girlfriend and a boyfriend? You know, what do you got? <laughs> I want to know about you because our fans, and we have over 5 million people right now all over the world watching this shit. So, oh, hang on. Somebody in the chat room wrote the, 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 that they don't remember who the person was, but it was somebody who criticized Angelina Jolie. Ron is a big. Oh, Angie grew up in my. Because Angie was a good oh, friend of she, his growing up. She's my butt. Angelina Jolie, Angie Voigt. Lived on on we lived on Spalding. She lived around the corner on uh, Roxbury. And their daughters were my friends. daughter Deirdre and Angie went to school together. Angie used to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in my house. I watched Angie grow up, and people would say, "Oh, her lips are fake. Her boobs are fake. Bullshit." When she was fourteen, she had a set of jugs and a pair of lips that she has now. That girl is all real. There's nothing fake about Angie Voigt. That was though. It was a, some comedian person who came on. I, and I, to, that, to that point, to that point, uh, was John Voigt living there then, or was he already out of the picture? No, John Voigt had a green Volkswagen with a dented fender, very cheap. They lived in a very humble. They rented a very humble house right across the street from the YMCA or whatever. This is what year? Nineteen seven. Well, let me see. Deirdre was. Deirdre's like forty six. So she's five. Seven, my daughter. I was born in seventy five, maybe seventy eight. Oh, so he's, he's a star at this point. Yeah, he's oh, a star. yeah, big star. Okay. By and the he, way, the other movie, when I talked about the Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, the other movie that I rewatched and hadn't seen in 24 years in was the 1986 Runaway Train. Oh, and great movie. Great it's, movie. And John Voight is great. I mean, you tell, John Voight is a really great actor. You know, um, he just is. I, yeah, and John Voight knows he's a great actor. I know John personally. I mean, for a long so time. So does he. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I met him once or twice. Well, John, my daughter Deirdre, he loved my daughter Deirdre because she's funny and wild. We would go across the street to Beverly Hills High, and the girls would roll down the hill. Angie and Deirdre would roll down the hill. John paid more attention to Deirdre. He paid very little attention to Angie. 
Angie came to Deirdre's birthday party when she was about five. She had on scuffed Mary Jane's, a dress that just came out of the dry, the washer, wasn't ironed. She looked like a ragamuffin. I mean, they lived very modestly. I don't think John gave them a great deal of support. Angie grew up in a very bad environment. Her mother, Marshalena, was a dream. She was a hippie, always walking around with bells on her ankles and like, you know, way out. So the girl really had a hard time. So when the, Ho when the Hollywood press came down on her and they started saying dreadful things about her, I just want the world to know the girl has a heart of gold. She is a, kind, story. She is a kind girl, kind. Uh, you're old-time Hollywood fans. Uh, I posted a question on Facebook about two weeks ago, and it started at a party years ago. I was at a party with Richard Dreyfus, Jack Nicholson, uh, a couple other people, and I, I was there, and I said, who, in your opinion, had the most pure talent? Who was the most talented person, in your opinion, uh, who could do anything, uh, you know, in the history of Hollywood? And what's funny is three of the four of us came out with the same name, and it was Jack, me, and Richard Dreyfus. Uh, the other person said Meryl Streep, but I said, okay, I go, I go, I go uh, but the other three of us came up with the same name. Who do you think it was? I say Debbie Reynolds. She's the most talented woman in the business. There's nothing she couldn't do that she didn't do perfectly. Unsinkable Molly Brown. She was brilliant as a dancer, as a comedian, as a dramatic actor with Tony Curtis. Uh, Debbie Reynolds was, as I said, Debbie Reynolds impersonated Debbie Reynolds. I I'm not, you know, because I'm before I met Ron, I wasn't an old Hollywood person because I'm a okay. I'm a child of the 80s. Um, okay. But I do. But my favorite actor from the, that day is the guy from the letters movie. The guy from Betty Davis is the letter. No, no. Those five letters, three girls. And they sent oh, three wives. Oh, oh, letters. Oh, 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 letter to three wives with Linda Darnell, Gene Crane. Who's the guy I like? Uh, that? Uh, what's his name? Oh, the big burly guy. Oh, I like he's my favorite. You know who I'm talking. Good actor. Very good ca character. He's actor. Not like a star, though. He's like a character. Oh my God! What's I'll his look name? him up. You tell. He's him. like a Broderick Crawford type. He's a big Jack big Carson. Guy. Was that Jack Carson? No, 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 no. He's a big burly guy. He played well, Linda Darnell's husband in the movie. Uh, well, it, it, it wasn't. It, anyway, what nobody mentioned Debbie Reynolds, although it's that's you know your fine choice. I can't, this is all opinion anyway. No, but, Debbie Reynolds does everything. She's yeah, a, I, mega. I didn't come up. I have to say. Um, this person, you know, it, 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 when I say it, you'll, you'll probably go, yeah, he's in the conversation for sure. You know, and you know, but the three of us at, a, at the same time came up with the same thing. Oh, it's a male you want? A man? Yeah. yeah. Who's a triple threat? Yeah. Probably Christopher, a Christopher, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. No, this, he's not. Christopher Walken's not the talent of this guy. He's not the talent of Debbie Reynolds. Talking about major talents, we're talking about somebody who could sing, dance, make you laugh, make you cry, be Fred a bear, be a bad guy. I don't, oh, I, I don't know. I, there's not there's a bad so many guy. I couldn't even. I mean, okay, I, so go. First of all, the guy I was talking about who, is Paul who, Douglas. Robert, oh, I like Paul Douglas. Yeah. yeah, I like Paul Douglas. Okay, go ahead. Who who'd they come up with? The three of us. Yeah, Mickey Rooney. Oh yeah, Mickey. Oh Mickey was exactly exactly the reaction. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Rooney impersonated Mickey Rooney also. You know, yeah, Mickey, Mickey Rooney never was a real person. He was never a real person. Pure talent. 
Yeah. I mean, Mickey Rooney, you know, is, you know, it's like, you know, he could sing, he could dance, he could make you laugh. You ever see the comic, that thing he did where he's a prick? Uh, he's Requiem for a Heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Rooney went on for for decades and decades and decades. And, and let's keep in mind, he also held up Judy when she was all drugged up doing these dance numbers. Let's give yeah. him credit for that. <laughs> That's all true. But you absolutely, remember. he held you know with you know you know he held her up. He was her rock. Back then, the studios got them at a very young age. And they created the image that they all believed. I had a very good friend, Andrea King. Not too many people know who Andrea King is. She was a B actress and she was my neighbor and a dear, dear friend for years. And she wrote about the days in a book she wrote in the, in the shadow of a star uh, in her book. She wrote about Debbie and Mickey and Judy and all those people. They were drugged up. They were tortured. They were abused they had to be everything that they were not. The studio made sure if they liked pretzels, they were not allowed. They had to like what the studio liked. So they had a form of almost Nazi brainwashing. And these people, Ann Miller was another one who I knew very, oh, I, got to talk to you, I didn't know her well, but Ann Miller was another one that was affected. And they really believed their own press. They believed who they were. They really weren't real people. You mean as opposed to the people who don't believe their own press today? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you're, yeah. you're a, as, a, you're, as opposed to these free thinkers or, or these wise, brilliant people that we have now. Actually, a lot of people no, are writing James Cagney in the. In James, the actually, say, that was the other name. Okay, I was going to say James Cagney. And somebody it, wrote Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> no, James Cagney was a brilliant everything. So, but, wait, wait. But go, see, go back. Bob to is down to earth. You're like real people. The only kind that we deal with. When they get nuts on me, I walk away. Like if I go to parties and stuff and they come over to me with the Norma Desmond bullshit, I leave. I can't deal with it. You know, you when you work on this, the fact, I call it the factory. We go to the dirty, stinking factory that got rats running around and we make a movie. That's it, baby. When you go home, you're a person. You know, you're not talk, a star. Talking talk, talk, talk about Norma Desmond. Um, Who's that's that's my favorite director of all time, Billy Wilder. The yeah. but what would you put in Freddie and my we were talking the other day, the without the five best movies about Hollywood. And you know, obviously Sunset Boulevard's one of them. That's one. Believe it or not, the Rudolph Valentino story with Eleanor Parker and Anthony Dexter. It was a B movie that really didn't go anywhere, but it really showed Hollywood in the 1920s and what it was like and what happened to Rudy Valentino. So that film I would put up there with a good tell all film. But there's so many films out there that talk about Hollywood, but it's not the Hollywood that you and I know. I go back in Hollywood to, like when I was a teenager. My mother was an actress, Jenny Gabriel. My father was a set designer. So I'm I'm in the business forever. I well, mean, I, I, I remember. Well, you designer for what studio I, no he wasn't for the studio my father worked on broadway my father was oh, for really? the triborough the tri theater he, he built the sets when they did gone with the wind they flew my father or drove him out to with my mother i wasn't born yet because it was 38 or 39 and for gone with the wind my father my father was italian back then the italians used to create marvelous work they were craftsmen yes yes so the studios would grab every Italian. They were, were Italian Jews, by the way. So you could grab every Italian you could in New York and bring them out west. My mother was a beauty. She looked like a Vivian Lee type. So I grew up in that environment. I remember meeting Gloria Swanson, my mother's pal, when I was 10 years old. 
and Mae Murray and a lot of the old silent film stars. So I know the truth about Valentino. Wait, wait, let's go. Go to him, though. Like, well, tell well, us. Just what let me finish this okay, thought. Okay. He, Valentino did not die from appendicitis. He was deboweled. Um, what do you call it? A husband, he was banging the wife and the husband caught them in bed and he cut his nuts off. And that was Montgomery Ward. And that was that was squashed right away. Carmel Myers and all those people. So that's a stuff of the old. Go Hollywood. to you. Tell us. So what were your what are your picks for the best movies about Hollywood? Well, I think. The. Best, I, I, I think there's two, maybe there's one other that stands up above everything else uh, that, about Hollywood. The uh, one, it, obviously, is Sunset Boulevard. Without a doubt, you've mentioned the star of it, is Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain may be in the top five movies of all time, period. Right. Uh, so uh, Singing in the Rain is, I, you know, that's... that's, oh, a, that's also, Betty, Betty Davis in The Star. When Betty Davis was in the movie The Star about the old actress, that was a fabulous portrayal of what really happens to an actress when she drinks and grows old. Um, the other one is my Blackman, who I love very much. My, uh, uh, what's her name? Oh, my God. She's a good friend of mine. How come I not remember names? Karen Black. Yes. Well, I loved Karen Black. She was the kindest woman in the world. I loved her in the Loc Day of the Locust. Day of the Locust is a good movie, actually. That's that's a very that's an interesting one. I didn't I didn't think about it. Black was a goddamn good actress. Another one that didn't get what she deserved. Karen Black was really a very intense actress. She did very little, but emoted. I mean, when she did Gatsby, she was fabulous as the girlfriend on the side. I mean, I love Karen Black. She was a good person. Kind so of, hold on, let's go. Kind, I want to because we've only got we've only got eight minutes uh, left, and I want to like get some stuff in here. Bob's so. got to come back. He'll come back. So hang on. So okay. So because you've you've really worked with like, for for my generation, you've worked with like a who's who of every Everybody. of every A list actor from Everybody. my generation uh, that we look up to. Um. So so who are some people on a bucket list if you were going to go make a movie? Who a male and female star you haven't worked with yet that you would really like to work with? And then what movie would you like to have been in? Uh, any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you think that it'd be fun for you to be? You know, <laughs> well, there's, there's different answers for that. I mean, uh, it, for residual factors, Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> you know, let's say Hello? for Hello? Sure. Let's, um, let's you know, it's like you, you, me, and the rest of the let's acting just say, world. Yeah, really. What movie I want to be in? Star Wars and residual oh. checks. No, no, um, okay, forget the residual checks. Actors but I would like. Now we're talking about living actors, of course. Yes. Um, who would I, I? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. I'll tell you. What is it about her? Everybody picks her. What is it about her that makes you want to work with her? She would eat you up alive. She eats everybody. No, no, she doesn't. She makes everybody better. The uh, it's like playing with Michael Jordan. The uh, here's here's my Meryl Streep story. Michael, my wife and I. Beth Midler is very uh, is a a friend, and she's been very instrumental in my career. When I was stand up comic, she came and saw me in the clubs and pointed me out to producers. And uh, she actually mentioned me to Barry Primus for a movie, Mistress, which is the best performance I ever gave by far. Um, but Beth's always been great. So uh, love her, love her. It's been really great. So she was performing. Uh, she was doing the one woman show about uh, Sue Mengers. I'll, I'll eat you for lunch or whatever it's called. And it's a one woman show. And after my wife and I go and we go backstage afterwards and there's a receiving line to see Beth. And uh so I'm behind this woman with her back to me. And, you know, she says it and then she talks a bit. And then she turns around, sees me and goes, Robert. 
And she gives me this big hug, and it's Meryl Streep. And my, she walks away, and my wife says, do you know her that well? And yeah. I said, I met her once. She says, do you think she's full of shit? And I said, it's Meryl Streep. How would you know? That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's that's so that's like Joan Crawford. Quick stories about. Wait, wait, Joan. Hang on, hold on. Let wait, him finish. Wait. Let him finish the question because we're going to run out of time. Oh, let me just make no, my... no, no, no. I want to know the male. What's a male ass star that you would? Oh, like who to... would I like to work with? Um, got Hanks always. Um, who else would I like to work with? Uh, well, you know, I. I, I just to watch the craft and to watch the process, because I think it's just to watch it. I don't think it'd be the most fun experience, but to watch the experience uh, as far as that goes, I would probably say Daniel Day Lewis, just to watch yeah. the process. I don't think he, because he's in character. Oh, oh you know, he's yeah. a great character. I mean, what's it? Sally Field said she never knew him. She only knew, even when he would talk to her and write her text, it was as Lincoln. So, you know, I, although I met him one time at a party, again, one of these, uh, uh, one of these Hollywood, uh, it was actually New York at per se for a uh, Oscar lobbying party for nine when the movie nine was coming out and uh, Harvey Weinstein put together this mammoth party and it was at per se, which is the most expensive restaurant in New York. And it was a luncheon. And I found myself standing next to Daniel Day Lewis. And so I figured, okay, what am I going to talk to this guy about? And then I remembered that his uncle, I think it was, uh, ran uh, uh, Ealing Studios in London, which is where they produced all the great classic comedies like The Man in the White Suit, The Lady Killers, The Lavender Hill Mob, all those great British Alec Guinness comedies. And I said to him, were you a fan of Alistair Sim? And he lit up. I mean, you, you know, uh, Ron, you remember Alistair Sim. Absolutely, Alistair. He is the quint. For those of you out here who don't remember Alistair Sim, he is the quintessential Ebenezer Scrooge. Whenever you see that black and white version of uh, A Christmas Carol every year, that's Alistair Sim, who was one of the great character actors and comedians. Of he, also had, he also had a wonderful delivery. Yes. Yeah, Anyway, by saying Alistair Sims, suddenly, because he grew up there, he lit up Daniel Day-Lewis, and I was his best buddy. So I would that's something I'd like to work with because of, I mean, there's a lot of great people. Those two jump out because of just the, the, who they are. I would work with anybody. I mean, I, I, I'd like to work with a lot of people. I'd like well, to work. My favorite persons I've ever worked with, with Tara Hunter, my good friend, and Sophia Loren. I got to tell you, she's something else. Have you ever worked with Sophia or met her? No, neither. Well, I wish one day you do. She's quite a lady. I'm quite sure a, she is. Oh, she's a big baggage. Woo-woo. You got to like, okay, wait, wait. Go back to the movie, though. Not Star Wars, but a movie just for your creative uh, talent in acting and what uh, a great There's movie. A thousand, anything Billy Wilder ever did. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know where I would have been. But that's, I mean, I, I mean, there's a thousand movies like that, but I would have liked to have worked with Sidney Lumet and Patty did. Network. I worked with Sidney on That Kind of Woman with Sophia Loren. And Tab Hunter. How, was, Tab he nice man? How was, and, he, was he an okay guy? I got to tell you something. You know, we were shooting a scene in a, at a railroad station, and he came out and, and he said, soldiers, sailors, remember, you haven't seen a woman in how many years? 
And when these two pieces of ass walk out, I want you to go crazy. And that's how he directed. He was just a, an incredible person. He was like, um, uh, not a director. He was like a friend telling you what to do. Okay. I would have worked for Sydney anytime. So He's you guys listen up. This is Robert Wall. You can follow him on Twitter at Robert W-U-H-L. Um, We've only got a minute left. You got, uh, let's see, what, uh, what, you're on Instagram too, or where else are you? I know you're on Twitter. Just Twitter? Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, you guys. So you can find them on Twitter and Facebook. Go see The Hollywood Nights. It's one of Ron's favorite movies. And, uh, and if and, you and, like and sports, Robert, watch Arliss. But let me tell you something. Robert's, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is breathtakingly gorgeous, but Robert stole the friggin' movie. That's his movie as far as I'm concerned. There was nobody else in that film but Robert. You just have to watch him. He cracks you up in every little thing he does. And thank check you. out everything that he's been in. Follow him on Twitter. We want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a great guest. Ron loves it, too, because he, all our audience loves all the old movie gossip and talking. So well, you know, it's, it's not all. You know, listen, when I interviewed Lauren Bacall, Lauren said, uh, Betty, I mean, uh, whatever her name was, Lauren said to me, Ron, a movie is only old after you've seen it. That's right. And I keep that quote all the time. I quote Lauren all the time. So when people say to me, oh, those old movies, I say, have you seen them? They said, no, then they're new movies. You know, people. You got to like love it. So thank you so much for coming on the show because we're out of time. Listen, you're coming back, baby. We'll, we'll be in touch. And anytime you have anything you want to promote when movies are coming out, just let us know and we'll you bring betcha. you back. You bet. appreciate that. Thank you. And, and let, listen, Robert, go do another friggin' comedy. I love your comedy. I need to laugh after the stupid in incarceration that we're in. There you go. All right. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. Chat okay. room, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll Pleasure. see you guys next week. It's going to be a blast. We want to thank our guests, Pia Zador and Robert Wald, for coming on the show. And we had a great time. And we will Pleasure see you guys meeting next you, week. Robert. Bye, everybody. We'll Bye, see you next everybody. week. Good show. Good show. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix, it's another episode Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude Chat room is live and you would be a fool Not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show